Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, welcome to the Study of God podcast. This is episode number 81. I am your host, Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International. This podcast is designed to give you a basic fundamental understanding, as best we can, of God Almighty, the Bible, and Christian beliefs. Dr. J. Dwight Pentecost said, There is no higher activity in which the mind may be engaged than the pursuit of the knowledge of God. And he's right. Let's start out by reading the Word of God itself, as we should. Today's passage of Holy Scripture is Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 uh, through 10, uh, verses 9 and 10, rather, which reads, For this cause we also... Since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Today's words from the theologian, are from Dr. M. Anders. He said, To know God and to find one's full satisfaction in that knowledge is the ultimate goal of Christian experience. The Lord's greatest delight comes when his people discover the ultimate value lies in the knowledge of God Almighty. Nothing in the material world can complete with the delights I think they might have a word misspelled they meant to say nothing in the material world can compete with the delights that are present in his person in his person in knowing God and Jesus Christ in an intimate biblical way Beloved, our topic for today is titled Theology of Hebrews, Part 2, from the Moody Handbook of Theology by Dr. Paul Enns. Dr. Paul Enns goes on to share Theology of Hebrews. God, uh, the writer of Hebrews, emphasizes both the person of the majestic God and the way he was revealed, or rather, the way he has revealed himself to his people. His person. The writer pictures the Father as exalted in the heavens, enthroned on high. The phrase is a title of God referring to Psalm 110.1. A similar picture is given in 8.1, where the term majesty is again used. Uh, 
Since the book is written to a Jewish audience, this undoubtedly refers to the glory which rested on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. The writer also discusses the approach to God by referring to his throne, his throne. Because Christ is the believer's intercessor, they may draw near to God and do so with confidence. Jesus has assumed an authoritative position at the right hand of the Father. The Jewish believers are reminded that their God was living in contrast to the idols that are dead. The writer exhorts them not to return to a dead system, but to serve the living God. The use of fire as a figure of God symbolizes the judgment of God. This relates to the theme of Hebrews in warning them of forsaking the living God. They will experience the disciplinary judgment of God should they return to Judaism in that way. The book concludes with the mention of God as peace. He is able to give peace to the Jewish believers amid their persecution. His revelation, the apex of God's revelation, was through his Son, Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, God spoke piecemeal and in many different ways. But the climax of his revelation was in the person of his Son, Jesus Christ. The statement suggests there is no need for any further revelation. What greater revelation about God can be given than that which has come through Jesus Christ? As a witness to the revelation in Christ, God performed miracles through the hands of his witnesses, the apostles, testifying to the great salvation in Christ. It is noteworthy that the writer of Hebrews places himself outside the age of miracles, indicating it was the previous generation that witnessed the miracles. The magnitude of God's grace is seen because through it Christ suffered death on behalf of all people. Hence, it is important that they appropriate this grace of God that has been manifested through Christ. The theme of judgment is stressed in Hebrews because of the danger of the Hebrew Christians reverting back to Judaism. Hence, they are reminded not to trample underfoot the Son of God through whom they were sanctified, for God will judge them for so repudiating the blood of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. However, should God judge them, it is a disciplinary action, an indication that he is dealing with them in a father-child relationship. Since God will ultimately judge everyone, the Hebrew believers should not refuse the warnings. Those who have been faithful will be rewarded. Glory be to God. Let's pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you. 
Lord for all of thee. Lord, thank you, Holy Father God, for all of your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege and the opportunity to get to know you better. We pray that you will help us to fear you and to trust you and to obey you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. Beloved, before we close, I want to remind you that while it is important to engage in the study of God, it is far more important that you have a relationship with God. I fear that there are many people who will die knowing a lot about God, but not really knowing God. You don't want to be in that number. If you do not yet know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you want to get to know him today, here's how. Accept the fact that you are a sinner, and that you have broken God's law at some point in your life. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Third, dear friend, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell right now without Jesus Christ. If he is not your Savior, that's where you're headed, according to the Scriptures. In fact, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 10:28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Also, the Bible states very clearly in Revelation 21, verse 8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Yes, I know, dear friend, this is bad news, but I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ said himself in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that includes you, because if you are still living in this world, God loves you. So for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever, that word whosoever means anybody at any time, that includes you, believeth in him, trusts in him, has faith in him, Jesus Christ, should not perish in a place called hell, but have everlasting life in heaven. Just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of God for you, so that you can live forever with him in heaven. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul, and he will. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart, your heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. 
for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Dear friend, pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul today, and he will. Until next time, my beloved, may God bless you and keep you until we meet again.